it! Welcome to this week's edition of the Game Time Bro Show. I'm Keith. I am Trevor. I'm B Steve Photo at Twitter. And I'm Sweeney. And we'll be your bros for the evening. Is it immoral to have children? Wow, starting in <laughs> the deep end. Uh, <clears throat> I think everything's immoral to an extent. Or is it immoral to not have children? No, but like is he you're first bringing- performed, Keith. The kid has no choice, right? So it's just like, all right, Nora's forced into this world. She has no well, say in the matter. Keith, yeah, what, you were forced into this world as well. We all were. It's, yeah, a, really, it's a shared experience. And, so, and, and believe me, I've had a great. I had a great childhood. My parents are amazing, and I'm still like, eh, maybe they shouldn't have done. <laughs> you know what I mean? I feel the same way about what your parents did. <laughs> we're talking about games. <laughs> What Keith? What episode are we on? Is this seventy? Uh, this is seventy-three. All right, I knew that because uh, we're planning a big old game time bro top seventy-five games for episode seventy-five, and woo, woo I I harassed you three and uh, Sheridan who couldn't be with us tonight but may join later um, into providing. Well, he's in our hearts. Yeah, well, he's always in our hearts. <laughs> a little, yeah. we take a little piece of him everywhere we go. No, he's he's alive. That's not. That's. I don't think literally. We don't know that for sure. Okay. <laughs> no, we don't. Regardless, um, seventy-five. We're looking to compile a list of our top seventy-five games as selected by uh, we, the bros, the dudes, the dads. Uh, we're gonna make it stick, Keith. We're gonna work on that. Um, and, and yeah, you you guys were each kind enough to provide me with a top one hundred list, rank ordered from one to a hundred. And I threw them into some magic sorting algorithm. No, I'm kidding. I like made one up as I always do for all these rank and file things. Um, but I'm excited. You had an old one just hanging around. Just had an old one hanging around. You know, one point for the number one game, uh, uh, half a point for the number ten game. It's a it's a, it's a log log scale. We we can get into it later, but I think it, it explains itself more visually than uh, here on uh, the the audio format. Um, regardless, I, I you guys all gave me your lists. And, you know, together they wove a beautiful tapestry of our collective uh, top 75 games. So we're going to get into it in three parts. I think we'll introduce the first 25, maybe 30 today. And uh, each of the next two episodes, we'll continue to, to unveil them. So you guys each provided me a, a list of 100 games. I provided one as well. That's 500 titles, um, 292 unique titles, which means I won't get into how many different games were on multiple lists um because i i don't have that in front of me but nine games were on all five of our lists and i think that's pretty cool i i guess i would have pegged it about that i mean statistically that's probable but only nine i mean as many as nine. only nine games are on our list only that sounds about right to me that doesn't sound right at all. all five of our lists well that speaks to the variety and the wide breadth of uh the diversity of the game time broadcast uh aged 33 to 34. Uh, <laughs> no, you got it. From Massachusetts. Like, we, we really, we're knocking it out of the park, guys. Um, where's Mike when you need him? Bring us back down a, a peg to... Uh, you know. <laughs> Mike is our diversity quota. <laughs> yeah, he's like 31. 
I know. I'm technically still only 32, but uh, <laughs> anyway, um, where are we? Where? What are we doing with this? Uh, yeah. So, so what happened was um, you all sent in lists of the top 75 games. Um, I'll say this: every every title that at least three people voted for, and I say voted for, I mean ranked, um, made the list, and only one that had one vote, one mention made the list. And we'll get into that. Um, and I, boy, I hope he's here. It'll for, probably come up soon. It might. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like a charity. Later to come up soon. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, Steve, if you're out there, uh, join us soon, man. Yeah. If you don't get on this, we're going to rip on you for this, <laughs> for this pick. Can, can I guess what our number 75 game is? You can guess what our 75 game is, Keith. Sure. We can do this the whole way through. If you want. <laughs> I think it's, it's going to be Ape Escape 2. <laughs> it is not Ape Escape 2. It is uh, drum roll. Keith, do you have like a fun uh, drum roll? Do you really so, want me to do this 75 times? Or just yes. Like, and then uh, we'll put it in in post. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right, and then when we get to Steve's pick, boom, 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 boom. No, but uh, I guess we're starting. We'll yes. we'll start. We'll start because we can't finish if we don't start. Our number seventy-five game, The Wolf Among Us. Wow! Hey, um, I can't Chris. stop the drum roll. I can't stop the drum. Okay, there we go. <laughs> Right. See, that's interesting because I thought this game was not going to be on the list. You know, uh, funny things happen when you double check uh, the inputs at the very end of it all. So okay. for me, yeah, I, I felt like Telltale, I've had a few Telltale experiences before they burnt themselves out. Uh, the Batman game, uh, I think the, the first Walking Dead game, um, and, and this guy... Um, and I kind of felt like this, this was my favorite of the bunch. I know a lot of people really like the walking dead one. That's where they took off. But, um, I don't know. I, I think being able to try, I, I didn't have any idea of the world, right? It's a graphic novel, I think. Um, so I really liked this, this kind of like grim fairy tale world. It's a graphic novel based on uh, public domain IP. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. Like so, there's Beauty and the Beast and a lot of other fairy tales, but specifically not the Disney versions. Is that accurate? Yeah, yeah. So the I, your Bigsby, um, who's like, like this grizzled detective, but he's the wolf, and and you know he's solving I think a string of murders or something like that. I I know it's bad for me to rank it, and I can't really remember the exact story flow. But the one thing that's important about it, it's kind of like L.A. Noir, the Rockstar game, where as you're interviewing people, you're a detective, you're or like a private investigator, and so you're trying to figure out what the truth is and so you have a lot of fun there um so i thought it was a it was a unique take on it i'm surprised this game made our top 75 but i I can't argue with it three people included it in their top 100 i played it it did not make my top 100 i don't really remember it that well i do remember it being a more enjoyable telltale experience than some of the others trev i agree with you there yeah, just a, a solid, well done sort of uh, choose your own adventure in air quotes. Um, Moving on. Number um, 74. Number 74. Uh, Batman Arkham City. I like this game a lot. Yeah, you ranked it 17, Trev. Why don't you kick us off here? Because Keith ranked it 92, 
and none of us, none of the rest of us touched it. Uh, yeah, you like Batman the Animated Series. You like Mark Hamill as Joker. Um, th- this is a continuation of Arkham's uh, Asylum, which I thought was like a really fun Batman game. The gameplay can get like a little monotonous with you always like hiding in the shadows, but at least with Arkham City, it made it a huge sandbox game where you were hopping around all of Gotham. And the idea was that they part like partitioned off a piece of Gotham to be kind of like this John Carpenter like giant prison in a, in a, in a city kind of like escape from New York shit. Um, but the real exciting part of this game is that early on the Joker fucking stabs you and you want to see a magic you, trick. And basically the Joker is sick and, and you're sick now too. And you have to find the antidote to save both yourself and the Joker. Um, and yeah, I, it, it has an amazing ending and which kind of leads into a sort of tearful goodbye to Mark Hamill's performance at the Joker, but not totally because he does come back. Uh, but at the time, they thought it was going to be a goodbye. Uh, yeah, I thought it was just a, a, a great game. Would you recommend this game in this day and age, like today? I mean, it's in our top 75. That's its own honor for sure. If, if you want to, if you, if you're at all a fan, I think of the 90s cartoons. Um, I think you would definitely be a fan of this game because they bring back a lot of the voice actors. The story's pretty decent. Like, I really liked it. Um, and it's kind of cool. Like, the first one's in Arkham Asylum, and you're bouncing to all these different wings. Each villain is kind of taken over a wing. The next one, it expands to a giant city. The third game, or the fourth game, you, you can skip the third game, and the fourth game might feel a little repetitive to Arkham City, but if you haven't played the series in, in huge, chunky years, you might be more than happy to dive back into it, rather than if you're just steamrolling right through all these guys i think this game holds up um unfortunately i think a lot of games have kind of copied its combat system so what was once revolutionary may be considered old hat at this point but i still think it holds up 73 yeah 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 that's my impression um Katamari Damacy made it to our list at number 73. I'm so glad this made the list, even though I did not rank it in my top 100. You did not rank it. There's nothing else looking. Ethan Trev, thank you so much. Well, there is, and they're all other Katamari games. Or Donut County. County, But, like, yes, you're you're right. I mean, it's... I I, I should have ranked it. I'm sad I didn't, but I'm so glad it's in the top 75. Right. And, And for some of these titles, like, I understand there's a few different Katamaris, but, like, and I did this in a few different areas around the list where I'm like, okay, there might be derivative titles that were still good, but like if one did it first and did it best, I'm going to hang my hat on that with some some odd exceptions here and there. Um, yeah, so another title that's on my list, a, a, a rank that's lower than what I put it, I believe. You put I probably it, had it in... You had it number 23, Trev. You, you had, I'll, I'll, as we go up the list, I'll share who had it highest. You had it 23, um, Keith had it 59 and thank you both for including it. I, I do love that this made the list over some of the games. It's ranked. so fucking delightfully weird and, and killer soundtrack. You gotta love that weird ass soundtrack. Yeah. A hundred percent. And just the, mm-hmm. for those listening who for some reason have not played Katamari, um, you start as a little swing. You've never played. I've never played. Oh man, you started wow. a little pin sized alien. Um, oh, I, I know the, the gist. Yeah. You, you just keep, you just roll shit like, into a ball. Yeah, rolling into just, things and getting I, bigger. It's not, it's, it's, it takes no time to play. It is highly addicting, though. Um, 
it is full of crazy humor because the idea is like the 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 what is the king of the galaxy just gets drunk and destroys the universe and then you yeah. have to go literally clean it up uh by rolling shit on earth and making new planets uh but yeah i, I don't know there's just nothing else like it so it's everyone's like, got to give it a go if they come across it at some point in time yeah. so i will try it so this game is one of those games that my brother bought for me for christmas and so, he just wanted to play it so he yeah. could play it yeah yeah so yeah. Brother's he played wrong. it much more than me but it was only yeah, twenty dollars at launch there's that it's a steal yeah that's next nothing. game that's nothing yeah love katamari uh moving on number 72 on the list Wah, 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 wah. Luigi's Mansion. I'm going to try to do my own beatbox uh, impression of all the Hey. Movies. So, Keith, you, you rank this higher than anyone else. Why don't you tell us a little bit about Luigi's Mansion? So, I mean, it, on its face, it's a very simple game, right? You just explore this mansion, and you suck ghosts up in, into a vacuum, and it's it's really quite easy, right? You like shock the ghost with a flashlight and then you hold one of your joysticks the opposite direction of the, uh, the ghost. So, I mean, it's not overly complicated, but what I do like about it is I really like uh, the way it looks, like the aesthetic. I really like how each like main ghost has like uh, its own unique style and characteristics and, you know, it was just nice to see Luigi uh, get a game of his own. Uh, it, it was a launch game for the GameCube, and, and I it was one of the three games I got with my GameCube on launch. And, uh, you know, it just holds a special place in my heart. Yeah, I mean, well, well said. I loved, like you said, Keith, echoing you a little bit, I loved that they finally gave Luigi his own, not just his own game, but like his own franchise. They tried that Year of Luigi thing where they did new super Luigi bros you and it was just like and the whole was, company almost went bankrupt yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean it was too often they try to just put Luigi in existing Mario games and, and say like you know he's kind of he has no friction on his shoes and uh, he's taller so he jumps higher and he floats weird and uh, ta-da that's that's your Luigi game I, I his, I've like, got to appreciate and, and natural cowardice make a that, haunted house a perfect setting for him he because of this game or in the series, I think it gives Luigi the most character um, in the kind of Mario collection. Yeah, kind of gave outside him a outside, of, outside of perhaps like Wario. I don't know. I, I, I ranked this one and not Luigi's Mansion two because this one actually was a mansion, and then two it was just kind of like a bunch of different places. And three was a hotel. Three was a hotel. I, yeah. I haven't gotten to three. I'll play that. Number seventy one, a uh, Stardew Valley. Sween, you ranked this all the way up at number seven. This is a top ten game for you. Let's, yeah, let's I see my loved it. I mean, uh, you guys have heard my feelings on this, but this just uh I, I played this about a year ago, like just before the uh pandemic started, and I don't know, it, it just hit me perfect. I, I I loved the little uh daily cycle of waking up and just having all my little chores to do and, and making my farm, setting it up exactly how I wanted it. I, I don't know. I, I had a blast with it. I, I, I know some of you guys have played it. Keith, I know you think this is farm bill and are against this, but uh, <laughs> who was, who was your lady or, or gentleman? Who did, who did you pair up with? Oh, 
What was her name? Uh, if I, you say I, Leia, I, I'm yeah. going to kill you. No, she's mine. I, you and I were Leia competitors. If I <laughs> yeah. yeah. She's playing she likes easy mode because she's she's easy to, uh, to please. Yeah, you right. can yeah. give her oh, any I gift and she'll love you. I mean, where, where do you get off? Did, did, I remember getting dark when I was talking with her and she was like, yeah, I just moved in here from the city. Things weren't going well with my ex. And like, yeah. I think he like <laughs> hit her or something. And I like eggs and the sea. Yeah. And, and like, I'm like, and so I just feel like Danny DeVito all the time, just like a friend, just like, can I offer you an egg in these troubling times? <laughs> what I like about yeah. that, I, I mean, it's hard for me not to compare and contrast it with like Animal Crossing, of course, but uh, Stardew Valley, you, you progress, you know, days happen within, what is it, 10, 20 minutes? Uh, 15 yeah, like 10 minutes. And yeah. And every day that passes is either Sunday or Monday or Tuesday. So you are progressing through a year. Animal Crossing, when that came out, New Horizons at least, you're playing it all day and you're like, wait, I'm, I'm still playing a March, uh, you know, Wednesday. There's only the same number of fish available. And then that fucking egg rabbit came and kicked, you know. Yeah, got- that ruined it completely. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Stardew Valley, like, uh, you can play through a day in 10 minutes. And in Animal Crossing, you can make like three transactions in about ten minutes. <laughs> yes, it's, it's fucking true. Uh, number seventy, Limbo. Do you guys remember Limbo? Yeah. Oh yeah. I it was either going to be Limbo or Inside for me, and I went Inside. Okay. I, uh, some of us went both. I'm not saying you will or won't see Inside later, but you might see Inside later on this list. I liked them both the same, and I, I felt they were so close in, in what they were going for that I just ranked them right next to each other. <laughs> uh, what I loved about Limbo, I don't have the exact release date in front of me. I want to say ballpark 2010, 2009, maybe. Um, mm-hmm. That was part of that like bumper crop for me of these sort of Xbox Live um, $10 games, indie games, really, that were like three to five hours long. They were not AAA titles, but they were very beautiful and cool and, and holy themselves. I mean, I'm describing indie games at this point. Right. But th- yeah. that was a novel concept back then. And I really, I really like console it. players, especially. Yes. Yeah. I, I think this was one of the first games that kind of gave a lot of credibility to what indie games can achieve and that you don't need AAA titles to make very deep, meaningful experiences in a game. It's a very simple game. Like almost everything is just black and white. You just move and you can jump and you have a single action button. But they managed to make this nice, really uh, interesting little side scroller uh, that, yeah, kept my attention for well, a few hours. It it did so much with so little, right? Like you yeah, said, it's black definitely. and white. It's very simple gameplay. I mean, it's not like they have any dialogue or they're not they're not giving you any. They're telling a story, but they're doing doing it very subtly. And you you, you think it's of a triple A game, right? And, and they spend so much money on graphics, yes, and like complicated gameplay, and then voiceover work and cutscenes and things like that. And I feel like Limbo and as well as Inside kind of accomplished everything, all aspects of a game with very with very little. And it was just very impressive to me. Who voted for it? Uh, I put it at 87, Sween put it at 66, and Keith put it at 60. So a, a nice, again, a three-bro a three bro game. None of us putting it all the way at the top of the mountain, but enough of us saying, yeah, good game, that, uh, that here it is. I'll allow it. Um, Moving on. 
Trev, you're going to need to carry this one, my man, because number 69, LOL Nice, is it's a game that you ranked 88th and Sheridan ranked 5th. And it is Tales of Symphonia. And oh, yeah, right on. It's uh, yeah, Steve would rank this high. Steve <laughs> would rank this high. He loved this game. Um, and hmm? I didn't I just fifth? I I've known. Steve I think I think it's I've one of Steve's like favorite favorite JRPGs. Uh, two discs on GameCube. It's 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 a it's a great JRPG. Very cartoony. Lots of fun. Um, I, I can't, I don't see it being in like my top 10 ever, um, because I don't even think it's the best tales game from what I hear. Uh, but I definitely think it, it, you know, in the genre of JRPGs, which is very important, I think genre to me, it's definitely one of the more memorable experiences. So help me out. Is it, is it turn-based? Is it, is there great gameplay? Is there great uh, so it, it is not it is not turn-based when you enter in like it's not random encounters like at least like as you're on the big map you see a monster and you gotta like you know walk up to him then it goes into a, a fight and you basically are controlling your main character which is kind of a hack and slash more or less and you okay. can kind of set what the other characters are doing um so it kind of felt a little bit more like maybe what you experienced in uh final fantasy uh 15 yeah i was just gonna say yeah 15 um a little bit more in line of what that was like this seems like one of the not necessarily first but one of the early modern um jrpg setups where it's not turn-based it's very like you said active hack and flash it makes it makes it much easier to grind because you're actually having fun every battle you go into and not just even though you might feel like you're hitting a bunch it's there's there's excitement on the screen it's not just text boxes flashing around number 68 the elder scrolls Five Skyrim. That's, That's the only problem that I made. Well, there's even. A lot I mean, it's fucking a lot Skyrim. Of those games, but yeah, it's Skyrim. We'll call. Do it I Skyrim. need to get Zoe in here for this? I mean, by all means, bring on the. Celebrity. She could probably no. praise it more than anyone else could. I think I had mine. <laughs> It had it decently high on mine, but yeah, uh, so you're you're on the hook because you had it 29th, and that's higher than Trev's 56th. And go nuts, guys! I never played this. <laughs> Sweeney, you could probably talk about it more than I could. It. I can appreciate the world, and I think it's saying something that, like, I'm I'm with someone who who you know dropped. I I can't even imagine how many hours in into it, but um, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of hours. So, but it is one of the most like not just a large world, but there is everything is dripping with lore. Um, and no matter what direction, even though there's more or less like a main narrative for you to follow. Um, there's a gajillion other narratives and quest lines you could pick up um, that are all equally, equally riveting and full of detail. And I think that's probably why this game has survived as long as it has. Plus, like a rabid fan community that's just making tons of mods for it. People love this game. I mean, in, in ways that, as an outsider, I, I'm happy with it. I, <laughs> I, I don't know if it, it still holds up or if it's feeling in. dated. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, did you do a lot of the the side quest stuff? I I didn't even do that much on the sides. I I followed like I don't know for the main quest lines. Like, there's one main one, and then there's all sorts, which of is just hunting ones. the dragons. Yeah, yeah. But then you can uh, join in on like a civil war, and uh, like there's 
like a mages guild and all sorts of different guilds that you have to go through. I did the, I did the mage guild and I did the uh, the rogue or the thieves den, mm-hmm. which is like a weird thing because you go to bed and then you wake up and you're ambushed and and you get brought into the, like the thieves den or whatever it was, which I remember being like a pretty cool experience. Um, but yeah, I mean, this game has been re-released a gajillion times. It it doesn't sound like it's going to go anywhere anytime soon, and I have no idea when they're planning to come out with the next title. Yeah, um, it's like they don't even really need to, just because they can keep milking. Yeah, this. isn't the, the this game ten years later? All right, guys, number sixty-seven on our list. A little game called Tomb Raider (parentheses the 2013 uh, reboot). Oh, the reboot. Uh, the reboot. Yeah. This is a game that uh, Trev, Sween, and I all had on our lists. Uh, Sween, you had it highest at 44, Trev 53, myself 93. So I'll say uh, to start out, just a a take that was kind of popular at the time, and I'm curious what you guys think of this, is uh, when Uncharted came out, everyone thought it was kind of influenced by Tomb Raider and started doing its own thing. And then this kind of seemed like Tomb Raider's response to Uncharted to make a a big cinematic version of... uh, only starring Lara Croft instead of Nathan Drake. Yeah, I I really dug how they portrayed Croft in this one. Um, uh, this kind of felt like just the the amount of action v gore um, made it feel like Die Hard in the Jungle, uh, where just like Lara Croft is just getting put through the fucking ringer. Um, I also really liked, and it's that- her first adventure. It's her first adventure, and you win like the first time she gets put up against an enemy, and she has to take a life. That they don't gloss over that. Like I, the, she definitely has to sit there and has a moment of just like, oh my god, I just killed somebody. Um, now I'm about to do this a hundred more times. Swin and I have talked about this. It's it's very. <clears throat> I know the exact moment you're talking about. You're like trembling. It's almost a QTE to, to shoot a man. Mm-hmm. To- there's life and then without missing a beat the rest of the game her body count is in the hundreds like no qualms right but i i can appreciate like at least the like the developers thinking like this would be a moment a normal person would have but we wouldn't have a video game if she can't keep killing people right they definitely made like a decision they're like we want the player to live this moment where you go from just like an innocent person to making your first kill. But then they're like, we can't play this the whole time. Right. Like this is a fucking tomb Raider game or an uncharted game. And we need a fucking kill. Yeah. We need, we need action adventure. Need, there needs to be lots of henchmen that the, the character has to fight against. I thought the, the Island looked cool. I remember this specific scene where I think you have to like, climb this cell tower or this radio tower and get yes, a part that, that I that thought is a memorable scene for me, Trev. I'm glad you just brought that up. Yeah. And it just still like, I'm like, this is fucking beautiful. And I'm kind of scared because it's a little bit, I mean, I respect heights. They're not quite my bag. Um, so, and it was, uh, I'm kind of surprised this game came out in 2013. It, it almost feels, I don't say ahead of its time, but the, the way it changed, I mean, the mid nineties Tomb Raider was, like Laura Croft might as well have been um, Elizabeth Hurley from Austin Powers. Like just this <laughs> absolute um, sex kitten, British, very posh. Yeah, uh, you know, just just entirely Always smooth and cool. Oh, super cool! Had those pimp shades, the little circular magenta <laughs> things. Um, you know, uh, just double holstering right from the start of the game. Bam, bam, bam. But um, 
but yeah, then this game does a great job, like saying, no, no, no. What if actually she's like a twenty-year-old college student and is very tepid as she enters the world of uh, slaughtering hundreds of people? <laughs> but then also weaving in this lore that, like, you know, she's she, you know, her father was killed, and she's kind of unraveling the mystery of her father. Um, so you know, she's uh, she's on a quest for many different reasons. Uh, number sixty-six on the list is Psychonauts. Trev, yeah. top for you. Uh, Sween, you put this 58. Trev, you put this 7. Um, yeah. Another game that so Tim, Tim Schaefer is going to have to make an appearance on this list, if not multiple appearances. Um, this, like, the Willy Wonka, if you will, of the video game world. And he, this is probably, I think, his magnum opus, at least thus far. I know they're coming out with the sequel of this guy, um, rightfully so, but you know, just what an idea. Like, hey, here, uh, here is this, like, um, mental powers summer camp, and we're going to follow all these little junior campers called, like, you know, psychonauts as they are, you know, s- trained in the ways of entering people's minds and understanding powers and, and mental oh, yeah. abilities. Inception. And- the game but way way but it's so fucking kooky and because of that every time you enter into someone's mind it's you don't know what the fuck you're gonna get it is just this weird wacky ass journey um and it's still something that like i think i've played it three times now uh and yeah it's it's just an absolute delight to play just dripping with character at every point of this game um everyone is goofy and zany as fuck and um, the gameplay is just, well, not like anything sort of groundbreaking. It's, it's very diverse because every kind of yeah. time you enter in someone's mind, you might be doing different things. You go that's, into one, that's what I was going to bring up was a uh, thriller and you go in someone else's mind yes. and it's a classic platformer. Yeah, go ahead, Sweet. Mm-hmm. You ranked this game. I didn't. Yeah, no, uh, just exactly what Trev and you were both talking about is just, uh, it's just loaded with completely different ideas for every different level, which I found really cool. Um, yeah. Like there was the meat circus at the end. That was completely a platformer. <laughs> there was the milkman conspiracy where like, you've got those, uh, that weird kind of, uh, almost shadow world suburbia place with, uh, uh, the men in black everywhere. Yeah. The men in black everywhere. And, uh, what I liked was, uh, what was it like Waterloo, uh, at the end where you're yeah, playing like a board mm. game, uh risk almost also like what's that like risk almost like very yeah, yeah. Very, very you're like playing risk so you're playing against a guy like playing a board game but you're also you can shrink down and like interact with the play the uh different pieces on the board game and then i think you can shrink down even further than that and affect it even more so uh just a lot of really cool ideas in there I yeah i i just don't like the reason it goes so high for me is just because i it, i have not seen anything like it and i know tim schaefer you know does a lot of crazy kooky things in his games but um it's it's in this one in particular that i think it comes together the best it's the best blend of the crazy kooky mixing with something that's still accessible uh, not that any of his games are like really, you know, so out there and I can't play them, but a lot of them are point and click adventures, which are kind of their own little bag. Um, but yeah. And also I think really fun voice acting too, that, that really brought to it. I think that it's like the main um, voice actor. I kind of immediately connected. I'm like, Oh, is this Daggett from angry beavers? All right, guys. Uh, number 65 on the list is straight up a Stan and Sheridan game. So, uh Oh, <laughs> 
Me, 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 me. Um, all right. Uh, Valkyria Chronicles. <laughs> I've never played these. I forgot to add this to the franchise list of things I haven't played. All Jeez, right. Trev, you really made that sound like shit. What? Just the way you laughed at it. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking <laughs> nerds. Good, good luck Valkyria talking about this Chronicles? one. You don't like a game that's like for children at a psychic camp? Valkyria Chronicles. Uh, it's is... this George Clooney tequila. I'm sorry. Ah. <laughs> um, I put it number 17. Sheridan put it number 12. I'm impressed he had it above me. Um, I, I love this game. PS3 title. Kind of very Japanese. Like I approached it cautiously, like uh, not out of xenophobia, but out of a, you know, okay, I, why? Wh- with a name like Valkyria Chronicles, I mean, it speaks for itself, right? What is this bullshit? No, it is an amazing game. It's like imagine World War Two, right? That sort of dynamic, um, but like twee and co-ed, and. Um, so who are the villains? Because if it's World War Two, I want to say men versus women. There's there's definitely a Jew adjacent uh, race of people. Um, I'm gonna blank on the name. I shouldn't for a, a game in my top twenty. It's like Doxon or Darkson or something. They they have they have black hair, and that's you know they're they're vile. They're witches. They're terrible people. I mean, no, they're they're the game. It, it takes place on a, a continent called Europa. That's Europe with an A, if that wasn't clear. And when you look at the map, it's very that's, apparent. That's how, uh, how white nationalists refer to Europe. <laughs> I, yeah. I'm feeling this game. I'm like, so you're against the Jews, but they're not the Jews. But and, and we're in. No, 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 no. But technically, Europe. it's pretty racist. So what you are, you're like, you're like this little neutral country in the middle of. Is uh, our main character blonde? Oh, uh, <laughs> no. That's interesting. Uh, a, a neutral country oh. in the middle of Europa. I yeah. wonder which one that's supposed to be. <laughs> no, it's 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 not exactly World War II, but it's like it's it's kind of World War II, but imagine if the Nazis slash Soviets were one like imperial, faceless, nameless, stormtrooper filled um totalitarian state and they were the ones doing I mean, like anything else, it's a game that recasts the Russians as the bad guys in World War II. Imagine, imagine, imagine. That's what America's been doing for well, uh, yeah. a long time now. <laughs> Oh, it's insane. Anyway, let's talk about the gameplay rather than the uh, the geopolitics of this game. I I the story in this game incredible, blew me away. You have like three or four main characters, so to speak, and then maybe twenty to thirty troops. And the troops are um, they're disposable. This is a permadeath game, like Fire Emblem, like XCOM. If you're um, personality filled, you know. These little these characters, just every time you select them and move them forward on the map and run around with them and take cover, you know they'll say like, "This one's for my daughter," and like you, you connect with them on some level, and you go, "Oh my god, this person has a do- this guy is a coward. He's afraid of war. That's why he's a sniper. This one lost his sister in an earlier battle." It just it does a fantastic job on the characterization front, and the gameplay very cool. It's a strategy game. It's it's not grid-based strategy where you're moving one at a time pieces and plunking them and attacking, but it is a, a game where you select a person one at a time and then run through and avoid, you avoid fire and then you can crouch behind walls and like go for headshots. And it is turn-based, but while you're moving, you're capable of being shot by machine gun traps or, um, you know, tanks it's it's a very cool game. It's well balanced. There are different job classes, but only five of them. It's not it's not like an insane um, you know customizable 
till the end of time type game. Just very cool. I loved it a lot. Hard recommend. Strong recommend. Um, Ugh, I know. Play it. Moving on. Number 64. Silent Hill 2. That's a Trev yeah. combo. That's a Trev and Sween game. Survival horror. Am I right? Trev, number 44. Sween, number 40. Very close. Guys, talk amongst yourselves. I guess I get, I think this is the game. If you, if you talk ambiance for a survival horror game, this is the first thing that comes to mind. Um, I, I, I feel like very few games accomplish. Mind you, was this a PlayStation or PS2? This um, is PS2, yeah. So it, it definitely hasn't aged super great, um, but it's a, a, the, the ambience of walking into this town, you're an outsider, you're looking for your, you know, your dead wife. I know, very original. Um, and you come into the sleepy town, it's covered in fog, and it's got creep factor that's 11 out of 10. Um, and then while you're there, you it's, it's also this very kind of heady meta story about like one's personal guilt. And there's also like a variety of different ways the game can shape up uh, depending on your play style, including <laughs> a, a style where you can unlock a doge dog that's in a back room that was played was yet for say, fools all along. You were, you were getting to that eventually. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it might be it's, the best part of the game, but uh it's well worth watching for uh, yeah Keith or Stan or anyone yeah, listening. Or should I just look this up on YouTube or something? I, I, yeah, I feel like this is a game where like you might enjoy it better just like watching a Let's Play at this point. Just because I don't know it. It's definitely doesn't have the best controls this time. Like it, it feels clunky as hell moving your main character. I haven't played it in a while, but I definitely remember the last time I did. It plays a lot better it, than the first one. Yeah. Um, but it's it's definitely, I think, the magnum opus of the franchise thus far, not including PT trailer, that playable trailer that was, you know, oh, what could have been from that. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. Do you have anything else to add to it? Uh, the one thing that uh, really stands out, aside from yeah, just being this great atmospheric horror, uh, it introduced one of the great villains of uh, survival horror video games in Pyramid Head. Uh, this was the the first one where he yeah. showed up, the mm-hmm. guy with the giant pyramid for a head. And it, it works. It's really creepy. Oh yeah, it's it's just this whole town turns into hell when like the music changes and it's just. Oh, it sets you on edge and everything is just so fucking horrific looking. Um, and the crazy thing too is you meet a couple of other normal people while you're there and it becomes clear that everyone's experiencing this world in an entirely different way. And in particular, you're kind of chasing down this little girl. Think of it like, you know, it's the white rabbit. It's, it's what you might think will have a link to helping you find your so-and-so dead wife. Um, and the little girl's running around like it's no big deal. Like she's totally fine. And that there's not strange, horrific monsters and demons everywhere. And I think a lot of it comes down to like this game is just a personal hell for each individual person. And maybe for a little girl, who, you know, is pretty much innocent. It's not a hell at all. Um, and it's just really interesting seeing it from people's, you know, trying to piece it together from everyone's different perspective. All right, number 63, Super Mario Galaxy 2. Uh, Okay, okay. (laughs) Okay. Um, We will get to Super Mario Galaxy. That's not a spoiler, I'm sure. 
Um, in fact, we're going to, when we discuss Super Mario Galaxy, um, we'll probably cover everything that's great about Super Mario Galaxy 2, um, which is not a knock on Galaxy 2. I loved Super Mario Galaxy. And Trev, I, I asked, when you submitted your list, Trev, I said, Trev, Super Mario Galaxy is so high on your list. Super Mario Galaxy 2, completely absent. And you said, yeah, everything good about 2 happened or was there in 1, so 1 gets the credit. And I totally hear where you're coming from, and I, I respect that. Um, and along those lines, I almost don't want to belabor any significant discussion about Yeah, and, and crazy thing is I probably played way more, too, than I did one because um, I, I spent a summer in Guatemala and brought my Wii with me. And uh, right. I remember you playing. And this then, like, and this was like one of the only games I remembered to bring down with me. Um, so I played the shit out of it. If because there was nothing else, and it sometimes filled the time. Um, but yeah, I the, I I, th- I think it's it's the same game as as one, and the one was so good they could make it again, and I still have just as much fun. I wish Nintendo did more of this, though, right? Like, yes, direct sequels to excellent games. Yeah, I would take another Odyssey. Release them frequently, right? Like, it's like, I don't want to wait fucking 10 years for a sequel to a game I love. I don't want to wait fucking 10 years for a sequel. I'm sorry. And I think this was also, well, you know, everything I'm going to say about it, I'm going to wait until the big boy comes on, the one that started it all. (laughs) We can move on. We can move on. Um, the only thing I'll say on this one is I, you got to give credit where credit's due. It's important when a sequel does improve on the original in some ways, and the user experience in two was slightly better than one, I thought. Story in one, better. Uh, overall, impressive achievements in one, better. But two gave you a more easily navigatable uh, hub where you're on the giant floating Mario head of a planet, and that's like your spaceship. And if anything, they kind of aped that in Odyssey, I thought, with the, the giant top hat ship that's flying around. Um, just easier to get around, I think, and, and understand where the worlds were. Don't get me wrong. I love a good Peach's Castle setup in like Mario 64, but you kind of have to remember there's so many different rooms. Like, I want to go to this world, that world. Where do I go? No, this is just a straight up like level selection world map type setup. Just easier in this day and age. Trev's going to love number 62 on the list. Oh, former, getting... former number one overall pick, Star Fox 64, baby. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely put this one much lower on my list, and I think yeah, Sheridan called me out for that. 37th on this list, you did. And I told Sheridan, a draft is different than a rank. Um, totally uh, yeah, I mean, what, what hasn't been said in the draft pick, um, it's still the best Star Fox that came out. Not that that's super hard to achieve. And uh, yeah, I definitely... I. I Deserves some place on the list. Was I the only person that put it on here? Uh, no. Sween put it 97th, just barely squeaking into that top hundo. And uh, Steve had it 53rd after all of the sh- the shovel. <laughs> you can recognize a good game. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Moving on, number 61 is uh, another Trev and Sween game. Sween, you had the 65th. Trev, you had it 20th. This is a top 20 game for you. Talk about, yeah. talk about The Witcher 3, Trev. Ah, all right. Well, I mean, obviously, The Witcher 3 was going to be on here. Has anyone else actually played it other than Sween and I? Haven't touched it. It is on Game Pass, at least. I assume it still is. I mean, like, it's it's The Witcher 3. I feel like you have to be living under a rock if you you don't recognize that, like, 
most of the gaming world went crazy for this and for years. Um, and to the point that it has an actual, like a halfway decent, even film adaptation on Netflix. But uh, yeah, I think it's a game that looks still looks really good. It's a gorgeous game, really fun gameplay and uh, an amazing world that you, you really feel it's one of those games where you can make decisions and choices and they will have ramifications and you feel like your choices matter to things and, and things will never turn out. I think how you hope they will basically, even if you have the best intentions for something, it will bite you in the ass. Um, and, uh, and, and then the map, like you go to some cities and some locations, it feels like alive and diverse and there's so much going on. Uh, my only real complaint against this game and why it's not, I think a perfect game is that I'm really compelled to find a lot of, uh, items and weapons and armor and really level my guy up and it didn't take long despite the game starting and I felt kind of weak and I died I think the first couple times I was playing it it doesn't take long before I became way overpowered and to the point that I was playing the the you know the the last boss and I was just a cat playing with the mouse it it like it didn't pose any threat to me whatsoever did you um, make that final boss a pushover and and that was a bit of a bummer uh, uh, I don't. Yeah, I don't know. Sweet, what was your take on it? Yeah, I, I found this game to be very similar to Skyrim. Uh, Thank you. Which I also had very high. I What's was up? wondering if the arrow to the knee was from this game. As soon as I saw, oh. it. <laughs> no, no, I, I, I looked it up. Arrow to the knee was indeed Skyrim. I was thinking Oblivion. I thought it was older than that. Um, but what I would point out in its favor, I. I thought it had a, uh, a great central character, whereas in Skyrim, you know, it's just kind of a blank slate. It's whoever you want it to be. Uh, Geralt is, is an interesting character, and, and the main characters around him, like, there's a good story. It's uh, one that you feel compelled to, to push through compared to Skyrim's, like, just kind of choose your own adventure. Trev, you would remember this. What's the, um, you, like, help out this this one guy who like a king whose wife and, and daughter are, are missing. Mm. It's like this very... That's, a, that's the very opening like mission. Like one of the first towns you go to, you kind of, you know, you talk called out as a very, uh, very great uh, campaign. Right. And you basically, where is his wife and where is his daughter? And you basically find out that his wife is like, you know, kind of, under the servitude of like some witches out in the bog and you find out that they had like a miscarriage or something and their child is actually dead and you have to help the ghost of the child return to its dead body and bury it correctly. Um, But it just, and I can't even remember the choices you have to make while navigating this really dicey story. But however it ended for me, the king fucking hung himself at the end of it. I'm like, hooray, we solved it. I have some bad news for him. And now, oh, he's hanging from a tree. This is awkward. <laughs> I'm just going to leave the... And then I think a tyrant ends up like taking his place. And so like that city starts becoming a little unstable throughout the rest of the game. But I heard there were other ways. I think he always leads. I think there's a way you can reunite reunite him with his wife, um, but they still kind of abandon the castle or something and, and run off. So there's some ways that, it, so you still have a, a jackass take the throne after him. But yeah, it got fucking dark, dude. <laughs> like, yeah, it, it yeah, was, like it was, compared with Skyrim where you're just kind of like, and okay, that's go, the go tone. find this item and, and 
do whatever. That, that that one had some more memorable stories in it. That's I'd like say. the first kind of arc that you go through. So when that yeah. ends, you're like, I'm just like, all right, well, I guess I'm going to be fucking up a lot of shit around this area. Still, I'm trying to find my pseudo daughter. All right, Keith, we're, we're going to lean on you here. Tell us all about the number 60 game of all time. Uh, the oldest game on this list. Tetris. Oh, shit. Wait. <laughs> number 60, Tetris. Why is this number 60? Like, who voted for this? You you put it in 76. <laughs> the, uh, Steve put it, uh, Steve had it as well. It, uh, high on his list, and it's, it's high numerically. I mean, Tetris, I'll talk about Tetris. I didn't have it on my list, but I'm glad it's here. It's, it's, I I think Tetris is one of those bullshit titles that like unfairly get to claim that they're the most sold game in the world. There's been 4,000 versions of Tetris. Right. But that's, that's my point is that they're not all the same game though. Like I know it's, you know, the same puzzle system, but it doesn't really. And I think that's why it gets to, to skirt that line because it gets to say like, like, uh, how Wii sports is one of the highest selling games of all time. You came with the system. Yeah, the, the version I played most was on like a tiger thing. Wow, mine was definitely Game Boy. Same. Yeah, it's on my. Um, it is on my uh, arcade cabinet. Honestly, I don't even know why I rent this. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Okay, let's move on. Um, love Tetris. Respect Tetris. Number fifty nine is. A game that Sween and I ranked. I had it number 40 overall. That's all I got was Tetris, and now we're back to excluding me. You built (laughs) it up like... You don't even remember ranking that one. (laughs) That was the beauty of... For all I know, you just started ranking board games. Total Keith game here. Keith, you remember ranking Tetris higher than than (laughs) anyone. Um, My number 40, Sween, your number four overall, Rock Band 2. Let's go. Oh, hell yeah. Wait, wait, Rock Band 2? Yes. Trev. Uh, so I, I I understand that reaction. Um, I'm guessing you are thinking, oh, Rock Band one all the way. Well, I. So this was one of those dicey titles that I tucked in at the very very bottom near 100, um, and I kind of thought Guitar Hero, Rock Band. I'm going to pull the collective experience I have with all these with the one title that probably speaks to me the most. And that's just my, that's just rock band. Number one, maybe we played two more than one, but for all I can tell, they're the same game. Yeah. I mean, I did play rock band two a lot more than one. Um, It just seemed like once two came out, uh, the soundtrack was just expanding exponentially. There was, new tracks all the time. There was uh, all this new customization for your characters. I, I think uh, Stan put his life savings into this yes. game and, and bought everything. I'm glad you brought that up because there were, oh my God, 2010 was a weird time. Like Spotify, I'm not going to say it didn't exist yet, but music in general, you, you were either buying every song for a dollar on iTunes or um, you were buying a full CD. So the idea that they kept releasing these like packs of three songs for two or three dollars, I, I bought so many bullshit uh, two to three song packs for probably what ended up being several hundred dollars. I mean, who, who are we kidding? This may literally be the game I've spent the most money on. Um, but to their credit, if you bought songs in Rock Band, they were playable in Rock Band 2. And if you bought them in Rock Band 2, they were playable in Rock Band 3. So you really were just building that library out. 
Um, and all that I said, really thought, uh, I thought the third one is when they tried to just do too much and uh, they got a little too big for the britches. They tried to include the, the keyboard. keyboard? Yeah. Okay. Uh, oh, they, they wanted, they, yeah, that's when they had the vision, like, can we actually teach people instruments and music mm-hmm. through this? And everyone's just like, boo, give us the fake buttons. The number 58 game on our list, Keith, Trev, Sween, you all had this one. Um, and none of you had it that high. Sween, 96. Keith, 68. Trev, 62. Technically, uh, you're the, the uh, it's on you to talk about this, I guess. Talking about Red Dead Redemption. Mm. Mm. Definitely like uh, the first one more than the second one. I, I definitely really remember liking the ending and how kind of bleak that was. And then like, you pick up the, the, the child. Um, I, it, it was, it's one of those games where I had this kind of, you know, it was super exciting to kind of travel around. Um, but I also kind of felt like, you know, there w- it was one of those games where big map, not a whole lot to see, but maybe that's what some people fucking loved about it is that it's that like, yeah, but I'm just, I'm just in this beautiful area. I mean, you know, well, was this more than just Grand Theft Auto on a horse, like, i.e. Grand Theft Horse? No, it was Grand Theft Horse. Yeah, I, I, mean, I, mean, I felt that the, uh, I mean, yes, it was bleak. The uh, map was empty, but that felt like, I know this is a cop-out, and I'm not saying it was intentional, but it felt authentic to me in that way. Like, it's not like I would expect the Wild West to be just, like, bustling everywhere you go, you know what I mean? Um, yeah, it's not like a city like the GTAs were. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so and, and I also, packed. and it, was it Red Dead Revolver? Yeah. Was technically the prequel, and I remember playing that one too, um, which was fun. I mean, like it, it's definitely fodder for I think a really fun time. I and I never even finished. I came close, but I haven't finished Red Dead Redemption Two. Um, I don't know. I did so for me. I think you know the 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 first one or middle one however you want to put it stands out the most um yeah i mean it had strong characters it had a strong story um you know much slower pace than gta guys felt um but i really enjoyed it so it was really the precursor of uh gta nevermind i think it was the first uh rockstar game where you had this just big open world where you could play with a bunch of different people the one interesting note was the graphics on the multiplayer were so much worse than the main game. Interesting. Hmm. Anyway, I, I remember just riding around on my horse a lot, but not doing much more on the online piece of it. It didn't really grab me. So, All right. This is the number 57 overall game. It is the only game that was ranked by only one bro. And it made the list because Steve ranked it. Number one overall. And <laughs> Let's destroy it. <laughs> it's his number one game, and none of the rest of us have, um, as far uh, as... I'm, what is it? Donkey Konga? Is it so Pokemon to, Snap? Just to choose some more fat, I want to give everyone a few guesses here, because I was floored by this. I, I wouldn't have got it in, in, in 20 guesses. I really oh, Not Super Dodgeball. It's not WoW, right? Not super dodgeball, not wow. Um, fucking I'm, Christ! I, I'm in a loss. Backyard baseball. Back ten. Did Kong Racing? List, but it is. This is not. 
his number one game is not backyard baseball. Have we seen him play? Or it's it's not it's not any of the smashes because I definitely included both of those. Um, smash title for Steve at number one overall. Um, have we seen him play this game? Well, I don't. I've not. I I have not, and I like I know he has have, played. Fire emblem. What'd you say? Is it a fire emblem? That's what Keith said. Fire emblem. Keith, it's a fire emblem. It's a fire. Path of Radiance? Oh, it's Path of Radiance. Path of Radiance. Steve's number one overall game. All right. That's the Ike game. I I can kind of see. I remember him playing this at my house on the GameCube. And because of the permitted system, just seeing him so many times, just like, fuck, and just, just get up, turn off the game, turn it back on, and just start it over again. And I'm like, what? Why is this fun? Um, <laughs> for anyone who doesn't understand or, or know, is a system in which your troops, when they die, they're dead forever. There's no getting them back. Um, and that's, you know, that's how Valkyria Chronicles work, too. Um, that's how Final Fantasy Tactics works, just to name a few of them. But it's... Oh boy! Oh, I forgot to put tactics on my list. Don't worry, we'll get Let's to talk it. tactics. Okay. Oh my God! Perfect timing. Look who it is. It's Doctor Sheridan. He's connecting to audio right now. Yeah, I don't know if he can hear us. I don't know if he can hear us. Nice. I'm naked. Oh, okay. We can't hear him. Yeah. <laughs> can you hear me? No, we can hear you. Oh, I'm naked. What's up, dude? Hey, what's up? I'm not actually naked. I'm glad your pants. Oh. Got- off by us talking about Fire Emblem Path of Radiance. I You're came not- in just in time. Yeah, for the guest appearance. What what rank are we on? It hit fifty nine or something. Questions on Tetris to get you here, but go on. Wait, what? Nothing. Go on. <laughs> okay, so where? So we're at my number one game. Your number one game, the fifty eighth game, seventh game overall on our list. So we're, that we're is gonna- that is extremely low, but also not surprising. You're the only person Yeah, this is the only number. This is the only game that made the top hundred that only one person ranked. So go ahead. No, um, that game. It was the first real like turn-based uh, RPG that I played. Um, it is one of the rarest games on GameCube for a reason. It has such a huge cult following, um, and I got in on it uh, probably late, but in my mind early because I was young. Um, but it was I think the first he came in on, on, on time. I remember you playing this in high school, like at my yeah. house. Yeah, but but I'm but like I know the time it came. It probably came out around the time, but like I don't know. I don't know what I'm trying to say there. But anyway, I looked for this game in the past because I wanted to jump on into the series. And even back in like 2008 or so, this game cost like uh, 180 dollars. Uh, yeah, it was yeah. One of the- it, it's one of the rarest games. It's one of the most popular games. Japan loves Fire Emblem, as we know. Um, and this was sort of the game that really, like... Loves it. Brought, yeah, like Sacred Stones, which I don't know if it uh, is on anyone else's list. It is on my list. I will spoil this. Ooh, I, I am looking up prices on eBay for Paths of, uh, Path of Radiance on GameCube. And it's like two to three hundred bucks is what they're averaging at. Yeah, it's where it was 15 years ago. So I don't know if yeah. it's... But, I uh, uh, I can put this game on a DVDR for any of you if, if you want me to mod your Wii. I love that. I have hi beep. Um, I have the my copy still because I will never. I think I didn't lend it to anyone because I didn't want to lose it. All right, fifty six. What we got? 
Let's bang out six more. 50 Let's do it. Let's do it. Super Mario Brothers. NES? Yeah. OG. NES. The original. OG. Love it. Nope. Is- didn't put it on my list. No, it was this was a Stan 90, Keith 65, Sheridan 96 game. Uh, three bros ranked it. Here it is. And what what else can we say about Super Mario Bros? I almost hate to cut it short after all the time we spent on some other bullshit, but like it's fucking Super Mario Brothers. Do we really need to talk about Super it Mario? It literally Bros? started everything pretty much. Well. <sighs> Number 55, Pokemon Red. Slash blue, but like, come on, we'll just pick one title. It's, it's, you combine them. I, I I had this. I had red, blue, slash yellow. Everyone um, and I and I had blue and yellow, and I played them to death. But I was a kid. But um, Trevor and I used to Trevor and I used to sit in my in my uh, piano room in my house when we had sleepovers, and we would play Pokemon together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I and that. and I think those games, not the whole series, but like you know, it was one of those things. As, as I was like writing this list, I was like watching some let's plays, and it just like immediately kind of was just like jiving with me. I mean, Steve, to your point earlier, this might be an example of a title that is more nostalgia based than than gameplay. Oh, but... you don't say! This this was this game was very Pokemon was very very high on my list. Also, Steve. because it started it, and I am a as you all know a big fan of the franchise absolutely you had it number six steve trev you had it in the uh low 80s low 80s okay that sounds about right i put pokemon yellow on my list very low but i i explicitly said yellow and i did not say slash red slash blue so my yellow did not but they're the same game they're not i'm a red guy too keith i'm a red guy too out of boy i i was they are not the same game though you just have Pikachu following you and you get to do a surfing game. Like the, the game is still the same. You get all three starters through events in yellow. You get a Squirtle, yep. you get a Bulbasaur, you get a Charmander. You don't, you, you get to pick one in blue and red. It feels like yeah, a new game plus. You, you can still trade and get those, those guys later on if you want, or heaven forbid, use a game shark. If you start multiple files and buy two cartridges and like finagle it, Anyway, no, Pokemon... Remember, guys, we're going to date ourselves here. Remember that old-ass technology you had the Game Boy Link cord and you would trade with one another? Oh, yeah. That was how I mean, you Steve were- and I were just still talking about... I mean, how else are you going to evolve Geodude or whatever it was? Trevor, and I, Trevor and I did a lot of Link trades in our day. It's, it's, what an incredible... You talk about Nintendo thinking outside the box and ahead of its time. I mean, what a banger of a 90s franchise they just came, came up with out of nowhere. I... I yeah. Can't say positive things oh, not it. even that. I remember like making like when I my parents would go on vacation, only child, so I'd just be like tagging along. Um, and I'd have my Game Boy case, and if I was sitting at like a resort or an airport and playing it, you saw another kid playing like their Game Boy, you might look up, make eye contact, like you 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 playing Pokemon? And they'd be like, Yeah, I'm playing Pokemon, and then all of a sudden you make a friend. And, and that's what millennials had that the Zoomers don't, because the Zoomers are <laughs> see someone pop up over Bluetooth in the in the in-game lobby while they're sitting mm-hmm. at the airport, and they're not going to know. They're not going to know that's the guy next to them or the guy on the other side of them who they're trading their Geodude with. They're just going to be like, yeah, sure, I, you know, I'll, I'll do Geodude trade. Anyway, mm-hmm. Pokemon Red slash Blue, um, and if you're Trevor, yellow, but I'm not counting yellow here. That's a totally different game. Yeah, totally Moving on. Number 54, top 10 for me. Number 27 for Sween. Number nine for me. Talking Final Fantasy Tactics. Fifty-four. Uh, this was 
Great I, game. I forgot. I forgot. That's my fault. Trev. I yeah. I I don't know where I would put it. I but this sounds about right. This sounds about right. Well, um, I got, this, yeah. I gushed already about the um, the story and the characters in uh, Valkyria Chronicles and Final Fantasy Tactics was that, but ten years prior for me. You've got a, a four act story that uh, honestly when you get deep enough into it could rival the depth uh, and, and width of like game of Thrones first, you know, four seasons, first five books, none of the end game bullshit. Um, but, but it, it final fantasy tactics, just a, a, a wonderful story, very self-contained in chapter one. It's very much like a class struggle about this noble born guy and his best friend. Who's a commoner and like this asshole who's like, fuck you commoners, you're swine. I'm going to murder your sister. And then he does, and that sets that commoner, Delita, off on a quest to become the fucking king of Ivalice. And, <laughs> um, but you play as Ramza, uh, you know, the forgotten, the third son in a noble family that has fallen by the wayside. You are the true hero of the Lion Wars. You're going behind the scenes and actually saving the day and, and um, taking down the corrupt priesthood in that game. Um, with the Zodiac stones, you know, mapping it to the Zodiac, the existing mythology of the Zodiac, 12 signs. Um, amazing. You know, I love games that do that. I love God of War doing that with Greek mythology. Like these are actual cool. existing things. I don't need to go learn about like what's Hufflepuff or, or some other bullshit. <laughs> what's a fairy type slash rock. No, these are like, these exist in, in, in our human experience collectively. I'm gushing. I'm raving. Love Final Fantasy. I'm I'm looking at seeing if I can buy a Game Boy SP right now because that I'll is go. I used to be. So this was a title I had for the Game Boy SP, and well, that's, that's Tactics Advance. Yeah. Oh, am I getting that's these the confused? Uh, oh, so what's this yeah, one on? This was on PS One. This was on oh, okay. PSP, and then they remade it for PSP. Yeah, called like okay. the, the Lion. Yeah. Wolf. War of the I'm, Lions. War of the Lions. Thank I mean, you. it was still yeah. a really good game, and I enjoyed Trip, it. You're in a for lot. a treat because I, I would say the first one is easily the best. So, I mean, SquareSoft was on an absolute roll in the in the mid to late '90s, just crushing it both in terms of quality mm. and quantity. And like Tactics feels like this forgotten gem that slides on in there uh, between and amongst a, a run that includes everything from like Final Fantasy VI through Final Fantasy X. All came out within like six years. And, yeah. and tactics is like this hidden jewel in there for me that is just yeah. You compare it to uh, the other PS One games, and you can tell there was like no budget going into this. There's no giant overworld to to run around. No different environments really. It's just like the simple tactics tactics based gameplay and a, a great story around it. And um, we'll we'll move on. I could talk about this game all day, but I know that's true of a lot of us. These are our favorite games of all time, so we should sure. really get going. Uh, speaking of which, I'm going to just pr- uh, brace myself for Steve to take the floor for a while here. All right. 53. Oh, I'm sorry. I apologize. I misread the Roman numeral. Oh, okay. I'll, I'll pause. I'll wait. I'll get, I'll, get, I'll get ready. Final Fantasy IX. This is Final Fantasy IX, um, not 10, Steve. All right. All right. Uh, I, don't know. I don't know if this broke my 100, did it? It did, Trev. You, you put this 84, so you put this 91. I put this 25, and at the risk of being a, a Final Fantasy Rambler twice in a row now, um, when this game first came out and I was like 12 or 13, I maybe was burnt out on Final Fantasy, maybe was used to like 6, 7. I just, something about it, maybe the long loading times, maybe the PS1 being pushed to the absolute edge of its limit at the time 
it just didn't work for me. I, I didn't like Final Fantasy IX, and I hated that. I didn't it, like it. It went back to the, the classic fantasy setting, too, which at the time wasn't really what Final Fantasy was doing. Yeah, exactly. They had done steampunk. They had done cyberpunk. They had done like absolute bullshit surrealism with number eight. And then number nine was like, no, your, your main character is a thief. He has a monkey tail. Um, it just felt like such a, yeah, it felt like such fun, classic lore. And I think, and I did not play this until like, I would say within the last 10 years, maybe the last five years. I played it on, on uh, Steam. Know that I played it, yes. Um, same, same boat. I was a latecomer to it because, well, I, I came to it originally when it released, but I gave up after like disc one of four because of course the final game on PlayStation 1 was a four disc game because mm-hmm. fuck that. But um yeah, I, I loved this game. There's a there's a very specific thing this game did that I, I still remember and, you know, there's so many great things it did. The way this game played with your characters in your party lineup, um, most Final Fantasy games, once you collect a member of your party, you can just kind of switch in and out and, like, decide how you want your party to be and it's endlessly customizable, whatever. I actually don't like that. I like the restriction of being forced to say, no, you're playing this part of the game with the mage and the knight, and you're going to figure out how to make it work, but that's how you're getting through this dungeon or whatever. Mm-hmm. And there's a part of the game where your party splits up and your Zidane and, and his friends go one way and uh, Dufield Steiner, the knight um, is left behind and you play, you play out this part with Zidane and uh, um, dagger and uh, everyone else, Vivi, the mage, right? Lots and- of awful names in this one. Lots of awful names. They're all leveling up. They're they're um, you're playing like one fourth of the entire game with them, and you get to like just throwing this out there from like level ten to maybe level twenty five or so, and then you snap back to Steiner, and oh boy, you've got to level him up quick. Now what the game could do is just dump a boatload of experience points onto him and let him suddenly be the same level as everyone else. They don't do that. They give you a guest member of your party, a badass. Um, uh, she knight whose name I forget um, Beatrice or Beatrix maybe. And for like, there's only 10 straight fights, but in each one you are completely overwhelmed as Steiner, but this lady knight next to you whoops their asses and you get like thousands of free experience points. And within minutes he's caught up level wise, right to where everyone else spent hours getting to. And that's hmm. such a small thing, but it, to me it was just such a beautiful touch on a game. Like, they're making, they're doing it the right way. They're kind of cheating to do it, but they're they're putting themselves in a corner and then working their way out of it. And I, I just love that. Um, and you know, lo and behold, at the end of the game, um, I was perfectly matched for the final boss on my playthrough. I beat him with one guy left alive. You know, you love that down to the wire, the buzzer beater shot that goes in as uh, you know. Was, yeah, exactly. Um, Witcher 3, you know, way overpowered for the final boss, not even a challenge. No, I, this was perfectly challenged, at least for me. Um, I, I think it was, yeah, Steiner, in fact, was my last guy alive. And what's in here? Wing of the Sword. Yeah, it's what we talked about. There's like 4 HP on Steiner. I was like, well, this sucks. This is an hour of my life. This boss fight, I'll never get back. <laughs> and the, the last, with literally the last chance, boom, the boss goes down. Now, I couldn't tell you who that final boss was. This game, more than any other Final Fantasy, goes completely off the rails in like the third act and you're fighting maybe death itself or chaos or question mark. Yeah, the final boss is someone who has never been seen or mentioned in any context uh, oh, before good. he shows up at the end. It's like that's a, some, that's wow. some good storytelling. Yeah. 
there's a reason I, I like this game a lot. I'm gushing about it, but there's a reason it's outside of the top 20, you know, that's fair. I have not I, in second final final fantasy game in a row that I have not played. First time I'll list. We've had back to back appearances by the same franchise. So yep. let's keep it going. Keep it going. Uh, number 52 doom parentheses, 2016 remake. This is a Keith Trev and Sween game. Sween, number 17. Yeah, I mean, you put this in your top 20. Let's hear about it. Damn, Sween. Yeah, uh, it's, uh, I mean, I, I never really played the old Doom, so I, I didn't really know what I was getting into, but this was one, uh, I don't know if it was developed or produced by Bethesda, but uh, you can kind of hey, see there. What's that? They own Ed. Yeah, okay. They, yeah, they owned it. And, and I feel like you can kind of see their uh, their fingerprints on it. Uh, like, it, it, there's a combination of this of, uh, like, you're exploring these levels, you're looking for, for hidden little secrets in, in all these levels, but at the same time, there's a super fast-paced combat where you just, uh, anytime you're in combat, you're just constantly, like, ripping demons apart and uh, taking chainsaws to them and flamethrowers, so it's... Uh, Incredibly violent, incredibly fast-paced, uh, and just a, I found it a blast to play through. It's chaotic, yeah. but they balance it really well. Like, I feel like I was constantly on a tightrope, tight but I never fell off, really. So, like, I was never... But I felt like it was perfect, perfectly balanced where I was challenged, but I was always having a fun time. Um, and yeah, that... The balance is a, a big part of it. Like, uh, if you kill enemies in an, a certain way, it's like you'll get health points from that. But if you kill them in a different way, you'll get fuel for your flamethrower. Which, if you use that, it'll, it'll get you something else. Like you're you're constantly trying to rotate around and uh, and and play smart. It's so fun. <laughs> I can't recommend it enough. Yeah, no, that that sounds. I mean, it's so fun is like all the praise I need, honestly. Like I, I, I really want to play this game now. Um, guys, I, I, we've, this has been a great part one. We are down to our final game of part one. We didn't even get through 30 games. We're just going to get through 25. We're going to call it a day. Guys, I'm, I'm so sad that this is number 51 because I really, I could talk about this game for a long time and I know nobody has the appetite for that right now. Uh, this is a game, this is number 51. Uh, Trevor, you ranked it 59th. Keith, you ranked it 71 overall. I ranked, Who it, ranked 20- it high. I ranked it 24th. Uh, this is a game, old game, that I played very recently, um, or like two years ago. I won't belabor the point. This is Metal Gear Solid 2. Ooh, Sons of Liberty. Ooh, I forgot to put this on the list. You know, it's happened a few times. We've we've seen some of that. Yeah, I think this game, I'll let you guys take it, the guys who ranked it. I will start by just saying this game is bonkers. (laughs) It's it's bonkers as fuck. I only think I got two Metal Gear games in on my list, and I know this is a franchise that... Metal Gear Solid 3... It did not really work for me, and I, I have not played the whole thing. Um, and Same boat. never played, never played four and five on the list. We'll just right. say that. So, but two, it is a really fun game. But as with Koja, uh, what, um, uh, Kojima, Kojima, uh, it is just the ending 
I had no, it was epic <laughs> as fuck, but I remember being so confused. I remember even going like great clergy center and like, so I beat this game. Like, did I get the weird ending or something? Like, is there multiple endings? And I just did the fucked up ones. Like, no, no, that's, that's exactly how you should be leaving this game. Keith, um, it, it seemed like a kind of weirdly prescient ending too. Like, uh, yes, like fake news and, uh, yeah. and using like AI and deep fakes. Like, I uh, like want to play it again now. Like it was so ahead of its time. It was like the game was, it was almost warning or perhaps at the time joking about uh, the concept of, of, you know, Oh, you think misinformation, you think that the government is going to hide things from you to uh, keep you in the dark. No, no, they're going to blast you with misinformation until you don't know what's going on. And that is so really, um, exactly the last yeah. Yeah, years have felt like, Yep. And, and oh my God, the ending when they're just waxing philosophical about the real world versus uh, truth versus fiction. And they cut, they cut in uh, real, like, re- like re- uh, real footage of real people, right? Like it wasn't, they like, took it out. Do I remember that right? They like yep. took it out of the video game setting and they're like, yeah. here's a video of New York or, you know, seemingly New York and people walking down the street. And you're like, no. what the fuck? Absolutely. Yeah, it, it was kind of a, kind of weird to to suddenly cut to that like okay, now, it was like it was like in, sort in of it world. was like yeah right it was like sort of fourth wallish but not real like it was weird wallish raiden just a- <laughs> yeah how did you feel about playing not as snake through the majority of the game playing as raiden i thought again hindsight being what it is i didn't i didn't come to this game sorry like final fantasy 9 i started this game 15 20 years ago and then said yeah, no, I'm going to put this down and then beat it far more recently. Um, so I, I knew all about, you know, by the time I played it a few years ago that you were playing as Raiden. I, I think it's like a brilliant fuck you. I really do. Solid snake. Because, yeah, you get you get this real badass opening that I love. He's walking down the bridge. Super cinematic. Absolutely. Um, the memorable part of the game is the, is the opening cruise ship. Yeah, and he jumps yeah. down and his camouflage fa- like fails and then you get the electric pulse and he slowly gets up. And I think the, these are the moments that people live for in Kojima games if it's not like your head exploding because it's just too much information. But it's that balance with like, I'm just doing this because it looks fucking cool. And yeah. and then you have a really great opening scene going around the, the frigate ship and um, finding the Metal Gear unit and then blows up and you're supposedly dead. Yeah, so um, that, that was a demo on Zone of the Enders, that whole sequence. The opening mission, right. Right, and I played the shit out of that demo. I All I did was I would knock out guards and then drag them to the, like, the deck and then throw them overboard. <laughs> and that was so fun. And that was- I'll, I'll jump in and I, I will need to finish this series. I, it, us talking about it, and I definitely know I ranked Metal Gear Solid higher on the list. Um, right. But we'll probably just have to watch a Let's Play on Snake Eater, but jump in and actually play four and certainly five. I know Mikey played five and loved it. Trev, I'm in the yeah. same. I've played one through three. Um, loves two most. It seems like you loved one most, whatever. But I really want to jump into four and five. I, I owe this franchise a, a finish. And uh, I think the franchise after five, it, it was it was done. Like I think that was supposed yeah, to be Kojima's vision. To come back. And then and then, but he didn't have the rights to it. 
or, or something like that. And so they meant Metal Gear Survive or something. Just like it seemed like a really blatant That's cash it. grab. With uh, with the baby in a jar or some shit. I don't know. Oh no, no, that's Death Stranding. That's Death Stranding. Yeah. That's what I said. Yeah. But like Yeah, no, that's that's yeah. I mean, I I'll play that one too. I just haven't okay. gotten around to it. I think I think it's one of those things where you either love Kojima or you don't you, you don't yeah. care for him. Um I, and, and I don't know where I stand and I need to figure that out. I, I also stand. need to finish this series because I've played two. I want to play three, even though I heard it's not great, and obviously four and five I've heard are great. Um, but I just think, I mean, it's not, it's not, it's not really shocking, uh, that Kojima did this cause he's nuts, but like, imagine you imagine like Ocarina of time, you're playing as Link and then Majora's mask. It's like, you're going to play as fucking Tingle. Yeah, exactly. That's who you're going to play. And that's fucking what, I mean, Ooh! that's like what, yeah, right. That's like what Kojima did. He was just like, fuck you. You want to play snake? Nah, man. That's not how we're going to do this. Uh, I was a, but, a huge fan of Metal Gear Solid. I, I played it on the PS1. Like when it came out, I, I was I was into the series. So yeah, yeah, when the second one did come out, yeah, that did feel like a fuck you. I was like, yeah, oh, I like yeah. this. <laughs> like that that that's that to me that to me is a game that you would do that in like game four or five, not two. Well, you and it would leak. It would come out that like oh you know. This journalist interviewed this uh, contractor at this AAA title who knows this guy who has said that, um, you know, you might not actually play as a snake in this game. But it's, I, I love, this is a game, it's not so much that I enjoyed this game. I did enjoy playing it, but it was very cool. The boss fights in particular, we haven't even talked about. Yeah, but, those are cool. But the the ending mm. Is what sticks with me. Just fucking. I will. I will rewatch the ending tonight before bed. I'm just gonna throw it on and try to soak that one in because oh, it's been a while. It's, a it's been a while. <laughs> so all that said, I mean that end. That concludes the first third of our top seventy-five. And guys, oh we- my god, we're doing this two more times. Fellas, yeah. what time is it? Time to get wild. Somebody bring me a mirror.